It's Tepo Waffle Time! Welcome to Tepo Waffle. Alright, Steve, what are we doing today? We're filling in a form. So we're this is. A form. Yeah. Um, this is a request for data from, uh-huh. from a university. So someone's doing research. Somebody's doing research, and we're filling in the form together. Um, I am in current status. Teacher of English, doctoral student, master's student, undergrad student. Now, the reason why this is interesting is because it's about grammar. Okay. So okay. This, this podcast is going to be about whether grammar is something that should be prescriptive or descriptive. Oh, is that what it's about? I deliberately didn't read anything about this. Well, I, it's not about that. But, fresh. but, um, but ultimately, that's what this is asking. Uh, okay, so we are English teachers. That's what we are. And we're in Thailand. And... We are going to answer these questions about nouns. Okay, we're going to start with nouns. All right, so part two is attitudes to English grammar usage. Right, so is it acceptable or unacceptable to say the company has a total of 150 staff? Is it acceptable? Yes. Yes. Okay, how about the company has a total of 150 staffs? Um, Sure, if they have staves. If by staff you mean stave, yes. But if by staff you mean employee, no. Why? Uh, well, staff it falls into that category of, uh, what's it, collective noun? Collective noun. I would have called this an un- it's cannibal, uncountable. No, 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 cannibal, uncountable is cheese and cheeses. Staff mean, when you, you say... You mean it's a collection of, it's a it's unit. It's a collective, is it called a collective noun? I don't know. What's that called? Team, staff. <laughs> Family. Family, yeah. So, my family has 150 sisters. Yeah. My families have 150 sisters. No. Yeah, my, if my I'm a polygamist and okay. I have two families, my, that's my, okay. My company... Okay, my school has 150 teams. Is acceptable. So, the, the point I was making was was going to make, the point that I was going to make was, for collective nouns, some of them are, are okay to pluralize if you're saying there are two separate ones, like families. So all, all of the families came to the picnic. I mean, so the families of the children who were in grade four okay. came. So and those are different families. But all of my family came. Yes. Okay, so when it's pluralized, it means separate groups. When it's singular, it means a group. So all so the this staffs is, came to the picnic. But this is only one company. The company, the company has a total of 150 staff. I'm going to type while we're doing this podcast, so you're going to hear the tapping tap of my typing. Okay, so staff is a collective noun, and this is only one company. Okay, okay all right, so on to verbs. Are okay. we happy with nouns? Yep. Uh, the question here is, if a student says 150 staffs, yeah. are we going to penalise them? Yes. Okay. Well, we're not going to penalise them, because I don't penalise people. I am going to correct them, though. <laughs> okay. Max quitted his job... No. ...last month. No. Max quit his job last month. Yes. Why? Uh, the, the past tense of quit is quit. It's an irregular verb. Okay. That's easy. I agree with that. Verb choose. Okay. 
I have chosen a present for my mum. Ugh, as above. This, this is the same question twice. Wait, I haven't, I haven't read it loud yet. I have chose, choosed, or I have choosed a I present. I have choosed or I have chosen. Right. It's not acceptable. Uh, see answer number two. Pronouns, he, she, and they. Yep. Ooh, this is... Every writer has their own writing style. Yes. There. Every writer has his slash her own writing style. Uh, acceptable, number two, acceptable but clumsy. Why is it clumsy? Because you're, you're putting two... You're putting two subjects in the sentence. Yeah, well, the thing is, this isn't, this isn't unknown... Pronoun, right? This is a pronoun referring to somebody whose gender you don't know. Yes. So this is the genderless singular plural. third person. Plural. No, no it's actually, it's, it's not that. It's that uh, for really stupid reasons, English is not a gendered pronoun language, right? right. I, you, yes, yes. we, they, us. But then for, for no good reason whatsoever, we have... He and she and him and her. Well, well, there's another thing here as well. Okay, so Those are the only gendered ones. So somebody's at the door. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll let them in. Now it's yep. only one person, yep. but I'm using I'm using the plural pl- pronoun to indicate the singular person. Because we don't have a non-gendered singular third person pronoun in English anymore. Yes. Um, what was it? Thou, the, thy. One of those. Yes. Uh, but I mean, the thing is that this I'll let them in to me. Is fine. Yeah. Some people have a problem with that. I, I think. Why? So. Who? Which people? Them. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Pronouns: he, she, and they. Somebody left their book in my office. Yep. Somebody has left his slash her book in my office. See above. This. I'm um, look. In terms of uh, survey design, I like that the. They're doubling up each question so that they've got redundancy. But this would make a lot more sense from a research design standpoint. To mix if, them up. If, yeah, to put them quite far apart. Okay. So we're going on to the next one, which yeah. is hyphenation. Can you spell acceptable correctly on this grammar test? No. I, well, let the spelling check checked it for me. Acceptable. That's not right. <laughs> it is right. Accept- no, no, no. The, the correction is, is wrong. The correction is wrong, is it? What does it try to correct it to? Acceptable. And right-click it to see what the option is? Oh, acceptable. <laughs> okay, hyphen, anyway. hyphenation. All right. English is a widely used, widely used is hyphenated language, yeah. a widely used language. English is a widely used, not hyphenated language. So is widely used, hyphenated. Now, uh, widely used in a hyphenated form is an adjective of language. But uh, in this one, uh, it... It is, no, widely is an adverb. You don't need the hyphen. It's not acceptable. Widely is an adverb, not an adjective. Widely used. Widely used. So you don't need a hyphen. You don't need a hyphen. Okay, so English is a widely, not hyphen, used language. Is acceptable. Yeah, it's an adverb, but... Can't you say English is a language? A widely, what kind of language is it? It's a, it's a widely, widely used. No, it's, it's a widely language. It's a widely used language. And then you can say it's a used language. It's a weird sentence, but it's grammatically correct. No, but you it's can't wi- say it's a widely language. No, but That's you can't grammatic- say it's a widely used. That's your adjective. You can say it's a wide... English is widely used. Adverb, adjective. 
widely adverb. Oh, yes, I know, but, but I, I agree with you, but the he, question it's is... It's a quite fat pen. Okay, that's a weird <laughs> pen, but anyway, it's, it's the same thing. All right, so your argument here is that widely used as an adjective is not... No, no, my argument is simply that uh, you don't put a hyphen between adverbs and adjectives. He's, he's rather smart. It's not he's rather hyphen smart. But he's a rather smart man. Yeah, you don't put a hyphen between adverb and adjective. Okay. Are we all clear about that? Well, he's an adverb we don't need. Yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> we don't need a hyphen between adverbs and adjectives. And while I'm saying that, I'm realising that there's definitely going to be exceptions to that rule. There must be somewhere. Okay. So, now just to check that we've got this right, grammar is a much-discussed topic See about the hyphen. Much discussed. Wait, I've got to read this. And grammar is a much discussed with a hyphen topic. See above. Uh, are you sure that much discussed is not an adjective? Is much an adjective? But much he discussed. Is. So, have you seen Frank? He's much. <laughs> well, he's discussed. He's discussed. Okay. Possessive S and of. Uh -huh. This book. Apostrophe books S, cover. book's cover, is beautiful. This, the cover of this book is beautiful. Yes and yes, acceptable and acceptable. Uh, is there any difference? This book's cover is beautiful, style. the cover of this book is beautiful. It's a question of style. So, um, the, the, the brother of Frank was Sounds absent. Yeah. Uh, Frank's brother was absent. They're both grammatically correct. Stylistically, I might prefer one or the other. Okay. Number nine, split infinitive. Yes, you can. I haven't read the question at all. Yes, you can. In, in most cases. But not at all. And can, in some you can't. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listener. <laughs> Troy is jumping the gun here. Okay. Wait, no. Uh, Troy wants to jump the gun. Troy wants to, to gun jump. Oh, you can't split that one. Ken Troy wants, wants to, to slowly jump the gun. Ah, that's, Ken. That's acceptable. Ken wants to fully understand his grammar lessons. Acceptable. Ken wants to understand his grammar lessons fully. Acceptable. So, on what grounds is the, the, um, the injunction to not split your infinitives based? Oh, uh, that's one of those stupid, archaic, made-up ones where um, uh, Ronald Glubdenson in 1754 wrote a style guide to correct manners and it was adopted by uh, Miss Marple's School for Young Wizards. And um, Yeah, it's actually based on that whole English is as good as grammar, uh, as Latin, and yeah. Latin you can't split an infinitive. Um, but in Latin you can't split the infinitive because the infinitive is part of the verb. It's not yeah, a separate word. Like it's still, just, the whole thing yeah. is stupid. Okay, yes. prepositions. They may have a job for which you're looking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or they may have a job which you're looking for. Ah, uh, so this is that you can't end a sentence in a preposition rule, yes. which is, is C above. It's the answer from number nine. 
Uh, I know it's a different part of speech, but it's the same thing where, uh, yeah, that it's a made-up rule that has no basis in realism. So what is the basis for the... It's the same. It's the stupid Latin thing. Marple's Latin thing. Okay. Conjunctions. Uh-huh. Max tried hard, but he failed. Yeah. Max tried hard, full stop, but he failed. Oh, this is the stupid, you can't begin a sentence with a conjunction. Right. Can you stop? Um, however, you? people have been doing it for years. But I don't agree that this is the correct way of doing things. Although, I bet I could persuade you. How? Yeah, well. And anyway, let's move on. Okay, so acceptable and acceptable. Yes, okay. So starting a sentence with mm-hmm. a conjunction, conjunction is not a problem. Is not, no. Starting conjun- a sentence with a conjunction is not only acceptable, in many cases it, it affects the semantics of a sentence. Now, I remember when I was a kid, we were told specifically and directly by our teachers at our very British school that I went yeah. to, not to begin sentence with, with and so or but. And I bet your teacher did it all the time. Yeah, but, okay, in spoken grammar, yes, but um, in formal writing? Absolutely. It, it has weight, it gives more weight to a sentence sometimes. Mm. Although John hadn't been at school for weeks, he passed the test. No, no, no okay, but that, that, that kind of conjunction, yes, but how about the but he didn't conjunction? Uh, uh... No, I'm, I'm not saying this because I disagree. I always, when I'm writing my blogs, for example, I, I love starting my sentences with and because it, it, it helps to, to contrast two sentences yeah. and, and it makes for smooth reading. And, but in really formal, like if, if I was writing a dissertation, would I deliberately want to avoid this kind ooh, of... Oh, that's a good question. Would, well, it is a very conversational style of writing. Right. So... Uh, I personally much prefer it when papers, academic papers, are written more conversationally rather than gobbledygooklyly. Well, I think that, I mean, this is a question of stance. Um, A lot of formal papers, uh, I was also taught in those days with formal writing never to include a personal pronoun, you never include yourself. But at some point in a paper, you have to make some indication that this is your personal st- stance on a topic, and so you have to. Okay, we're going on to number 12. Without saying things like, the writer of this paper yes, holds, which, is of the opinion that... Yes. Okay, suggest. The, verbs, the verb suggest. Yes. My teacher As suggests... My teacher suggests... That I study harder. Yes. My teacher suggests me to study harder. No. Why? Uh, you suggest that somebody does something. It's a collocation, right? Uh, suggest, suggest collocates with that. Yeah. Are you it, sure? No, but it sounds right. Suggests that I study harder. I don't think that's the problem here. My teacher suggests that I study harder. My teacher suggests me. The question here is, Do can you follow a... The, the verb suggest with a an object pronoun. Uh, uh, ooh. Mm. So we've got suggest I study harder because you can actually say my teacher suggests I study harder. Yes, you can. Mm, but you can't say my teacher suggests that me, me that me study harder. 
you're right. So it's not a collocation issue. Uh, so it's that suggest is followed by subject pronoun? Oh, because the suggest isn't the, the main verb in the sentence. Or, it's, sorry, huh? the suggest, there's two clauses to the, the sentence. Uh-huh. Uh, study, I study harder is uh-huh. one clause, and the teacher suggests something. something. Is the, so, I study harder. Is the primary clause. Yeah, and the teacher suggests, and so we've used that to, to link the clauses, but as with lots of relative clauses, you can get away with what's it called the zero. The zero that, but um, <coughs> there's lots of verbs like this. Admit. Yeah. Um, these well, this I school mean, of verbs, whatever they're called, and there's probably a name for them, probably has a, some sort of rule that goes. If the these are linking. Linking verbs, verbs that, that begin uh, second clause. The second clause is. This is one of those great questions that I get from a, an advanced student. That makes me go, ooh, yeah. good question. Well, I mean, the thing is that these are one of those, even if you've got pretty advanced grammar, what is that school, what is that class of verbs that you can't, you know, that, that yeah. whole thing. Wait, we're getting into some snazzy grammar now. 13, who and whom? Oh. I don't know who to ask. Except, well. I, I don't know whom to ask. Uh, pedantic, and, but fine. <laughs> Wait. Uh, is I don't know whom to ask is pedantic. Uh, so whom is the object? It's an object, yes. Yeah. I don't know whom to ask. Uh, whom should I ask? Whom? No. Yes. I... Whom should I ask? To whom should this question be Addressed. directed? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah. To whom? Well, I mean, I don't know whom to ask. It sounds strange. It sounds stupid. I don't know whom to ask. Ask him. This is the way I learned it, okay? If the answer... Is me or him, then that's the object one. It's an so object. So I don't know him to ask is still wrong. So no, 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 but, uh, but the answer is you must ask him. So that means that the question should be whom. Yeah. Yes. So because I'm going to ask him, the question should be whom. But I'm going to ask him... That's right, um, yeah, him. Yeah. Yes. But acceptable. It was given to whom? It was given to him. That one, whom is correct because it's an object. It's pedantic, but it's correct. It was given to him, not it was given to he. So when it's an object, it can be whom... Uh, it was given to whom? Oh, yes. Well, you know, the thing with this is you want to be standing in one of those gilded palaces underneath the grand staircase with your fur coat over mm. your furry hat. Mm. <laughs> to, to, to whom are you imagining? <laughs> who is it that you are envisioning I just imagine that in the only this grand bazaar? The only people who, who speak like this are aristocrats standing in their, their grand palaces. And I would say, uh, no, it's not aristocrats. It's people trying to be aristocratic and speaking like they think an aristocrat would speak. Ooh, overly correct. Okay, subjunctives. I actually don't understand subjunctives very well. Uh, my understanding of a subjunctive is that it's basically a fancy way of saying, yeah, this thing doesn't follow the standard grammar rule. Yeah, so something subjunctive. Like okay. <coughs> there are three subjunctive questions here. Okay. Um, with necessary. 
it's essential that he stay here. Yeah. It's essential that he stays here. Oh. It's essential that he stay here. It's essential that he stays here. Okay, so B, I would say, is definitely acceptable. It follows the standard grammar rule. It's essential and that he stays here. Yeah, and A is acceptable because it follows the subjunctive rule. It's essential that he stay here. Yeah, but which one is is Better. more acceptable? Oh. Um, look, uh, it's important that the, the cat... It's important that the cat stays outside. I, I'd go for the standard rather than the subjunctive. So, the subjunctive form is going out of fashion, eh? So, it's essential that... It's important for the cat... It's important that the cat stay outside. It's acceptable, but it's the subjunctive. Weird, right? Yeah, it sounds weird. We advise that this book be re revised. Yep. We advise that this book is revised. <laughs> oh, it's the subjunctive in the passive. The passive subjunctive. This is one of those things that you, when you want to frighten somebody with grammar, you've got to, you pull out your passive subjunctive form <laughs> and uh, wave it around in front of them. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, for the as with the above, yes. But the pass. The subjunctive is. Do you think it's going out of fashion? Uh, in a lot of cases, yes. Uh, I think the subjunctive mainly now exists in things that are like set fixed phrases. We advise that this book be revised. To be honest, I would use that more easily than we advise that this book is revised. Is revised. We advise that this we advise that this book is revised. Is revised. So that sounds weird. Um, this is a question of Chomskyan intuition, is it not? Are we are we just intuitively working our way through these? Um, I, I'm trying to answer instinctively and right. then think about why I'm answering. Right. Question sixteen, subjunctive. We suggest that he not stay. Yeah. Uh, we suggest that he should not stay. We suggest that he not stay. And we suggest that he should not stay. Um, wait a second. What? What's the subjunctive part? Um... I don't get which... Huh? Uh, we suggest that he... Okay, finish the sentence. We suggest that he mm, stay. We suggest that he doesn't stay. We suggest that he... goes home. <laughs> That's what I would I, say. I wouldn't say it, but... <laughs> I, I, but what's the subjunctive... We suggest that he stay. We suggest that he stays is the subjunctive. If it's not a subjunctive, it'll be we suggest that he stays. But the question is, can, ah. you put, can we put a, an, a modal verb in front of a ah, subjunctive the subjunctive form? The subjunctive is the, the form of stays. Yes. But, this, but that doesn't answer why they both, they both got the subjunctive form of stay. Yes, but one's got a modal verb. And we suggest... We suggest that he should not stay. We suggest that he mm. not stay. Yeah. Uh, he goes to work. He should go to work. So after the modal, you don't conjugate the verb. Right. So it then 16b is the non-subjunctive form, because it's following the modal, and 
Question A is that was subjunctive very form. Very convoluted thinking. Well, I had to figure out what the question was about. But your your argument is that after should you don't have the you well, don't have the con- after should it has to be stay. You don't have an inflected form anyway. So yeah. He should not stay. He shouldn't stay. Yeah. We suggest that he shouldn't stay. We suggest that he not stay. So, A, A is the conjunctive form and B is the non-conjunctive form. Yeah. A uh, subjunctive form, not conjunctive. No, I'm getting no, subjunctivitis no. here. <laughs> okay, so what do you suggest? What do you think? Uh, fine, if you want to use the subjunctive, you can. Uh, yes, but is it acceptable? Uh, I would say in this one, mm-hmm. we suggest that he stays. It's so clumsy. We suggest that he not stay. Because the negative would be he doesn't stay. It still... It still doesn't get conjunctivide. Conjunctivitis. We suggest that he not stay. It still sounds like somebody standing in their grand staircase in their huge estate. But if we if we make it uh, positive, we, ju- we suggest that he stay, or we suggest that he stays. Well, that's, that's we suggest a, that he should stay. Okay. J- just sh- make it a, the simplest sentence possible. We suggest he stay, or we suggest he stays. For me, it would be he suggests he st- we suggest he stays. That, that would... What, that's... Yeah, okay. <laughs> This is so confusing, I can't actually speak at the moment. <laughs> We've really con- convolutified our subjunctification. Right. So, subjunctive, unreal subjunctive. Number 17, if I were rich, I would buy a new house. If I was rich... I would uh, buy a new house. So, yes. Oh, I, this one is one that I genuinely despise for a very simple... The simple fact that this is on tests quite often. Yeah. And I would say both are acceptable... Both are acceptable. Uh, but if you're taking a test, subjunctify it. Uh, if I were rich. If, yeah, no. The answer is, if I were taking a test, I would use this form. Oh, okay. So, thank you for completing this survey. Okay, so now let's just go back and, and chat about this. Okay. Okay, a lot of these questions... So this is research about teachers' attitudes towards grammar. Okay. Um... And the grammar, at the attitude is, is there always a correct or an incorrect way of doing things? Okay. And the more complicated the grammar, or the more obscure, um, it, do we become more firm about the things that we're grammaring? Okay. And, uh, yeah, and 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 <coughs> the the final thing then is, should we be prescriptive or descriptive in our approach to teaching, that students use? Yes, that's my answer. Yes, we should be descriptive or des- descriptive. Um, my answer is yes. Because? Well, that, my answer is already problematic. Yes. Be one or the other, because I'm not. I'm both. How can you be both? When I'm teaching a new language point to the students, like if I were rich, I'm, I'm teaching second nationals, do I teach the subjunctive form the if I were form or not and my answer is I know that these students are about to take a test and it's probably going to be on it so I'll teach them the kind of archaic subjunctified 
So you're saying that if it's going to be on a test, you're going to be prescriptive. If I if I know that it's going to be a point on a test, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to teach it that way. So that's a really easy pattern. Okay, so you've got, you've it's a bit got of a cop out, but it's test, true. Test wash back issues, yeah. Yeah. Okay. However, if I hear a student saying, oh, look, if I w- if I wasn't so hungry, I I I wouldn't." eat that. Yeah, but I mean... If I hear a student saying that, there's no way I'm going to tell them they're wrong. Well, the thing is, I think that we have to separate between spoken and written grammar. I mean, spoken grammar, we can get away with just about anything when we're speaking, because uh, I start a sentence and get halfway through and forget what it was that I was trying to say, and uh, spoken grammar is a mess, anyway. Uh, But it's the written grammar. If you're reading an email, and somebody says, if I was... In Thailand, I would be a lot happier. Oh, are you going to? I'm, are you I'm gonna wondering. Take, are you no. going to take a, a point away from the student? No, no, no. no. My, my question is, would I notice if it came from a native speaker? Would I even notice? Right. And if the answer is yes, I'd notice. Then I'd correct the students on it. If the answer is no, I wouldn't. I think it's wrong to be. St- be stricter on your students than you are on native speakers. If I accept it from my sister, I must accept it from my student. We've got the problem that um, native, non-native speakers, who, who people who are making mistakes with the language anyway, need a, a standard, I'm using the air quotes here, standard, yeah. to follow because they, they, they can't feel where things are yeah. right and wrong. Um, okay, let me give you a nice, horrible one. Um, because nice yeah, so um, because if I would have known this was what the conversation was going to be about, I might have thought about it beforehand. Okay, is that acceptable? Yes. If I would have known. If I would have known, yes. Well, I, I had no problem with it. I have a cute. I, every time I hear that, I go, if "Oh, I that's known. terrible. That's a terrible thing." If I had known, I mean the correct. <coughs> yes, I would have said, I, "If I had known." Yes, so would I. Um, but if I hear somebody saying, "If I would have known," I have no problem. Oh, I do. I every time I hear that, I go, "That's terrible." Why? It, it's. It, it is a grammar instinct thing, and to me, that's a horrible sentence. That's the same as the person who says, if, uh, if I had of known, instead of had have if I, known. If I had of known. So they've used OF <laughs> instead of H-A-V-E, yes, yes. which in speech is, is shortened to just our apostrophe V-E. So I understand why the person is making the mistake, mm. because they, I, I would have, they've, okay. Yeah, <coughs> I think maybe because I've been surrounded by by student language for so long, my policing of grammar is... I, I don't have a high policing... Okay. I, I, I'm fairly relaxed. But um, when I'm with other teachers, particularly non-native teachers, like if there's a Thai <laughs> teacher, um, I, I'm shocked at how strict they are. They, they get really um, yeah. red-pennish about yeah. mistakes. Um, and I don't think that they're mistakes. I mean, my, my particular view is language is an evolving, changing, growing, morphing I, thing. Yeah, sure. But at some point you have to say, well, what am I going to teach here? So I had a problem when I was writing my thesis and, and publishing my papers. I had a problem with the American-British thing because you've got to choose one and then stick to it. But yeah. I don't know which is American or which is British. 
if I write familiarize with an S, is that even correct? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which one is it? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And the hyphenation. If you hyphenate a word, or if you hyphenate two words, the, the spelling, the count, makes it one word. Okay. The word count, so it brings down your word count, right? So the more hyphenation you do, the, the more words you can fit into your paper, basically. Okay. Um, but then there's the whole thing of what can you hyphenate? Widely used. Well, yeah, that's an adjective. It's describing my language, you know? So... Um, uh, I would hyphenate stuff and then be wrapped over the knuckles by somebody for hyphenating things. On. So it's a 45-student class. 45-student... Uh -huh. 45... Adjective. 40 student. So, but is Noun. it a 45 hyphen student? Because it's a class of 45 students. Or is it 45... Okay, 45 I, I could get behind the argument for 45 hyphen student. I, I could get behind it. I don't think... Because if you hyphenate student class, then it'd be a 45 student class, and I don't know what a student class is. Right. Okay, so is, it's a, you're a native English speaker. Where's the hyphen? Are you a native English speaker? Native English is hyphenated speaker, or is it a native English hyphen speaker? Um, these are things that I sat there and looked at and went, ah, I don't know, and I really don't know how to find out. Because you, if you Google, whatever you Google, you're going to find somebody who's used it. No, I'd say you, <laughs> if you're a native English speaker, you're, you're from England, not Wales or Ireland. Or, or, but you can be a native English hyphen speaker. Yes, and then you can be from New Zealand. Hmm? You're not, you don't have to be from England to be a from native. South Africa. Yes. Native. Yeah. English hyphen speaker. Yes, as opposed to native English. Speaker. Yeah. If you're a native English speaker, That's you're from okay. England. So you're saying but if you're a native English speaker, you can you can be from Botswana. Yeah. So these are the problems that I had. Right. So that was our question about uh, attitudes to prescriptivism and descriptivism. Uh, we have a, a word from our sponsor. A word from our sponsor today. Yes. Yes. Today's sponsor is Shuffle Paper. Where's our piece of paper? Uh, no, our sponsor is actually on the shelf over there. It's the Descriptive English Dictionary. Oh, it's uh, Funk and Wagnall's <laughs> Guide to... Correct English. To, no, the, the Art of Proper Speech and Diction. You know, Funk and Wagnalls, they must be as old as history itself. Yes. Uh, if, there isn't a, if there is a teacher, on the, if, if you're a listener to this podcast and you don't have Funk and Wagnalls, please write in and let us know so we can come and beat you over the knuckles with a feather duster. Oh, no, we're just going to smack them in the face with a Funk and Wagnalls. <laughs> Tough Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tufflewaffle at gmail.com or visit tufflewaffle.com.